welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast preseason 2024. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and I'm joined by Nick Lord, Stats Guru, Fantasy Experts, uh, and person who just spent the last hour talking about what we were going to talk about tonight with me. How are you going, Nick? <laughs> what it do, baby? Going good, mate. Going good. Excellent. So, well, we've already chatted about everything we need to chat about, so we can end up right now, right? End the pod. Yep, that's it. That's it. Sorry, guys. We already chatted about it already. Nah, that's not us. So keep, look, keep the secrets in house, mate. We uh, want to we want to hang on to this IP. That's it. So look, we thought we'd uh, speak to you guys tonight, especially about what we believe would be a decent strategy going into what is a very unique split round this year. So obviously, if you haven't been paying too much attention, but we got Teamless Tuesdays out today, but only for four teams. So the teams playing in Vegas: Seagulls, Broncos, Rabbits, and Roosters. And then we have to wait a full week until the second Teamless Tuesday where they release the second tranche of players. So just want to talk about strategy really fast. And that means that what we need to do to make a legal team for round one is before Sunday. So before the first Sunday game at 1.30 p.m., you need to have at minimum a captain and vice captain locked in. So you need to have two players selected and have the captaincy in one and the vice captaincy on the other. Now, you probably want more players than that. So some of these players from the teams that we're going to be talking about, but you need a minimum too. So, and my thoughts around the strategy for this year is that if you're going for Cleary or Hines as captain, you can just put one of those guys in your squad as captain and leave the captaincy in them. But as we have a long wait until Teamless Tuesday part two, the following week, the rest of the split round starting on the 7th, I would suggest selecting a vice captain from someone who is playing in the Las Vegas side. So that's someone from the Seagulls, uh, Broncos, Roosters, and Rabbitohs. The reason for that is that in case, you know, something happens to Cleary or Hines in the next week, you know, Niggle does a hammy at a warm-up, something like that, they're already locked in as your captain and you can't trade you'll uh, you know can't trade them out and if it's a bad injury you'll have to trade them out anyway so what you want is you want to at least confirm that someone who is fit and very close to playing is your vice captain so it also means that your vice captain is uh you know, someone who you want to start. But if we get some sort of carnage in the second teamless Tuesday, if you have Ponga as your vice captain, for instance, you can't sell him or like get rid of him from your team to free up cash to fix the rest of our squads. So that's a bit dangerous, right, Nick? Yeah, especially if you're running that Hines Cleary strat or um, even, you know, if you pick up Haas and Cleary and you're sort of locked into that and you, your cash is all soaked up. So, yeah. Would you consider, if you're going for Haas, would you consider captaining him? You could certainly captain him round one. He's a very strong captaincy option and, you know, Cleary's a very good player, but whether he cracks off a century round one against Melbourne is to be seen. So it's certainly not the riskiest move in the world. It's actually probably one of the safest moves to have Haas as your captain round one. And that way you can make the vice captain someone like Brandon Smith. Yep, yep. Just uh, someone else who's a lock in your squad who's playing. So you get your locks away. So you've pretty much got your unencumbered cash elsewhere, right? That's it. You can really just make those choices right up until the last minute. Uh, so, so just to be clear here, you're saying that we only need a captain and a vice captain and that's it. Like you can literally have your other 19 slots completely open. You, you could have the 19 slots open and you would choose them from Teamless Tuesday rounds uh, 
two. The only issue is that if you don't have 21 scoring players in your squad by the end of round one, you know, by the time yep. that the teams close out and lock out, you don't score any points. You don't have a valid squad. Hmm. So if you somehow choose a whole bunch of like, you know, expensive guys and you've only got 17 players, you don't just get to score with them. You need to fill out the full 21 players in all positions. Yep, yep, yep. So I guess the interesting thing for uh, us is that like, obviously you want to choose some players from that first round of squads, but you need to have a captain and vice captain chosen. The other strategy that I was going to suggest is that when building your draft squads, guys, make sure your side is not full of filler players or the cheapest possible players in position to make your squad work and have no cash in the bank. So if your squad is currently full of like a whole bunch of 250k guys as like placeholders and you've got no cash in the bank, you're going to be in trouble. So a great example is just say a lot of people got James Salmon in recently, you know, 280k. So he could be the starting lock at the Bulldogs and a great buy around one. But look, Josh Curran had a virus last week, and this could be the reason why Salmon started instead of Curran, which means that if we get Curran at lock round one and Salmon on the bench, you suddenly need to find 220 grand to get Curran into your squad and Salmon out. So if you're abs- that means is that if you've got a whole bunch of cheap guys, you could be ripping apart your squad completely to try and get Curran in, or you miss out entirely and you just got to put some nugget in, right? So that's, Nick, I, I'd want to say that at least for a lot of these draft teams, you probably want, what, 60, 70, 80 grand around to make some changes? Yeah, I like uh, maybe 80 to 100. You know, um, you know, we were off air, we were sort of saying if, um, let's say, eight can something happen to you and eight can, um, if you needed to go down and within the problematic center position um, later the round, you need 80. 8k to go up to Val Holmes alone so you know in my mind that sort of made me sort of panic and think okay I need 100k sort of in the bank with my draft squad heading into the sec- the rolling lockout I think the second lockout. Oh for sure and there's only one Sunday game on for the first week and that's yeah that's the real danger is that if you got for that Dolphins Cowboys game uh, if one of your guys gets cut there are no other games played that day everyone will have already played for the teamless an hour out and yeah I think a lot of people are going to be in trouble if that happens yep. if a guy like Aiken suddenly gets benched you got Lemo Elo starting you need to find a center otherwise you end up playing someone like Jake Avarillo or you, <laughs> which is just it's just a real downgrade to your squad for not a lot yep. less cash right yep yeah it really hurts that's it so yeah I hate this split team list but you know Peter Volandis needs gambling dollars to make the team thrive apparently so <laughs> All right. So, Nick, you're also going to chat about relying on very dominant playmakers because of a couple of rules changes. Mate, I was listening um, listening to Talking League and, and TK was mentioning about the change to the downtown rule. And I was just having to think about it. And, um, you know, I think the fact that the halves, the dominant halves, they've got to be higher on the advantage line and can't sit like as deep as Jamie Sowen did, right? Or even, you know, I think Mitch Moses was the example here, is that you're really going to have to use um, your whole spine and even your center sometimes in order to chip in with your general play kicking. So, for example, if it's tackle four and your set isn't going all that well, you know, rather than giving it to Munster to put a big, big boot in, you know, Harry Grant, for example, might have to put in a, a really solid tackle four kick um, in order to not get absolutely smothered and you know, get penalised for the downtown rule, Stu, because you know, if you get penalised for downtown, does that go back to goes where- goes back to the place we, where the kick occurred. So 
Exactly. So that's like a huge worst case scenario. So you may as well um, just get some sort of kickoff earlier in the set potentially or from a different player in the spine. Now, um, the other thing they're uh, cracking down on is the blockers uh, now more than ever too as part of this downtown thing. So um, I just think... That's part of the get get tenorth rule essentially, I think that one is. Yeah, so it really targets someone like Cleary. It also targets, you know, SJ, Moses, Adam Reynolds. Um, and so I, I just think, it, you know, some kick meters percentages won't necessarily be above 80. Um, and, you know, we're sort of bagging um, Matty Burden for his uh, kicking. But really, you're really going to have to have two, maybe even three really competent kickers in your side. So, you know, maybe I was sort of thinking, you know, Harry Grant might get some more kick meters and maybe Hooker becomes a bit more relevant for that reason, Stu, potentially. Um, or the alternative is, is, you know, someone like Caelan Ponga might get more kick meters this year, um, yes. just well, being another option out there. So Ponga did take the first two kicks in their trial game over in Fiji. So just say, for instance, that is something worth noting. Yep. And uh, like Reese Walsh might take on a bit more. I mean, he's a bit more um, loose with his kicking compared to Ponga, but, yeah, you know, it's he, definitely he something might. worth keeping on. Or, you know, Ezra Man might find the ball touches his foot for, you know, going more higher than three metres in the air. <laughs> yeah, you rarely see him kick, though. <laughs> That's true. Oh, mate, he, he, so his kick and run metres last year were abysmal. So if, yeah. if Ezra Mams and your team stop what you're doing, change it right now, go put Drew Hutchinson in and then come back to the podcast. Uh, but Nick, yeah. let's get to the team this, mate. The first game, Seagulls versus, I guess, half of a Rabbitoh squad. They keep on going down, Nick. So uh, what are we looking at for this squad? Mate, pretty strong Seagulls squad. We've got uh, Turbo at fullback on the wings. We've got Jason Saab and Jackson Paulo make his club debut. Uh uh, Ruben Garrick shifts to the centers um, as a result of Polo making that debut on the wing. Uh, ben Chaboyevich Burbo has been named to start in the back row. Jake Chaboyevich is at lock. Um, off the bench is Carl Lawton, who will play as the utility, we think. Uh, Nathan Brown will also make his debut for the Seagulls off the bench. And Corey Waddell and Ethan Bullimore is on the bench as well. Uh, no Brad Parker to be cited in this squad. Josh um, Alloway no returns as well from that shoulder issue at prop which means is that Nathan Brown won't be starting. Yep, and uh, Luke Brooks as well is in the sixth jersey. Um, so it's a pretty strong squad overall, I think, Stu. Um, it's, it's an upgraded squad from last year for sure and yep. a little bit stronger all round. And then rabbit side, we got Latrell Mitchell, Alex Johnson, and Jacob Gagai on the wings. He made it through. Richie Kenner at centre joins Isaiah Tass. If you had told me that Richie Kenner and Zaya Tass would be the starting centers for this squad round one, I would have laughed a little bit. Goal. Cody Walker, Lachlan Elias. Uh, the rest is expected. Sean Kepi has made the prop spot his own. He's won that one. Dry Arrow is on an edge. Cam Murray, 13. The bench, and this matters, uh, Silva Havili, Jacob Host, Davi Mowali, and Thomas Burgess there. Talis Duncan is in reserve. So I guess concern about this one, Nick, like let's talk about the, are there any, who in your current squad do you own from these two teams? I've got Turbo. I think that's it. And Ben Trevojevic. Oh yeah, yeah, Burbo. Sorry, he's uh, he's just right down the bottom there. You know, that's it. So okay, well look, let's kick off with Burbo, Nick. Why would we buy Burbo? Oh mate, yeah, we we totally forgot about him in the in the rundown. Anyway, two fifty k. Josh Schuster nowhere to be seen at this stage. He's, um, he's still with, in Australia. Yeah, yep, with his um, multiple injuries he's had, as uh, Mitch enlightened us, he's in no condition. Um, from the eye test wise to play, uh, he'll have to undertake some conditioning once he overcomes his injury woes. So we're thinking um, he'll have 
uh, a few weeks here to to get a little bit of a runway and uh, presents absolutely fantastic coverage at the centre position in your emergencies uh, for round one. Right, Stu? Yep, he definitely does. He's actually in my starting squad simply due to the fact that I know that he'll put up a score. I know a few people are looking to loop his score through using a guy like Seb Chris, potentially. So you put Chris in at centre, you know that he won't play. And then you can put Burbo as your first emergency and uh, take his score if you need to, or you can shift around another centre to try and take the spot like Kotrick. I don't know. I'm not super keen on that, Nick, but I I'm just going to chuck him in my as starting centre. Yep. Yep, I like it. Um, you know, second row in your centre is always a pretty good formula. Um, even though he has that much pedigree from a statistic point of view, we're sort of just relying on the family name there, I think. That's true. Though he was also playing well outside Luke Brooks the other day. There it was on a, against a bit of a second-ranked squad that he was playing. But yep. I expect to see probably mid-30s from him, which is about what you expect from the guy that cheap. The, yep. And Turbo Nick, so are you recommending him to other people? No, I'm not uh, 653K. Um, I think it's like a 44 break even from memory or something like that. Um, yeah, we're not the biggest fan overall. Um, but, you know, I think for his um, career outside of 21, I think it is that high 40s average when he averaged in the 70s in 2021. So I just, uh, I'm just going for the upside play here, if I'm honest. Um, he could go ham, he may not, but uh, he gets a really good runway. Um, to start the year, so I'm pretty pretty keen to lock him in with his first buy in round 13. And Stu, I've got to look. It's probably be unpopular with a whole bunch of people, but I can see Turbo potentially not playing Origin this year, just like Ponga did didn't last year, because Turbo's just had the most luckless run with injuries, and um, you know he's had a couple of injuries as a result of Origin now. So um, I could, depending upon how Manly are going, I could see him potentially ruling himself out for this Origin series and representing a bit more value for fantasy managers. Yeah, oh, look, I can certainly see his scenario, but I, I think it's unlikely. I think he's one of those ultra-competitive guys who will who will want to try and make it his own. I feel like if he's playing well going to round 13, he could push for that fullback spot over Tedesco with a new coach managing there. He might rip the Band-Aid off that New South Wales team. Oh, I, I, he's the first guy I pick if he's fit and healthy, but I, I I just don't know if he'd consider ruling himself out is all. For sure. So, well, look, uh, if he does rule himself out, obviously that's a bit of a different case. But for me, it's one of those ones where I reckon that unless we know otherwise, I'd, I'd have to pencil him in for origin, which means that, you know, you'll probably need to sell him at some point. Yep, absolutely. For sure. Uh, looking forward at the other side of the ledger, Nick. So on the Rabbitohs, unfortunately, I look. Can I? Can we talk about Tavita Totola? So because he's not a bust, it's, but he's, he's out not of a bust. Team. Okay, but he's out okay. of my team. Yep. So why? why? The reason is is because there's value in him as a proposition. There's just not ten points. So with look at the bench, if they've got Havili, Host, Moali, and Burgess. So Host comes on, which means the arrow moves to the middle. So really got a middle of arrow, Moali, Burgess, and Havili. So it looks yep. like the pathway to a full 50 to 55 minutes is slim for Totola, which is what you want for that full 10 points of value at his 0.9 to 0.95 ppm. You need him to get around that 50 to 55 minutes. So at 47 minutes, you get close to 10 points of value at his 2022 20, ppm of 0.95. But it looks like when we sort of did the rundown there, he's going to get close to that 45 minutes. So this is with Murray getting 65, Totola 45, Burgess 30, KP 35, Host 40, Arrow 60, Mowali 20, Avili 35, Cook 70, and Palomatangi at getting the full 80. So essentially here, 
Totola might get 47 one week. He might get 43 the next, but I'm not sure that there's that distance there for him to get that full 10 points that we really need, Nick. And so, yeah, we, in, in, if you just have a look at it all, like, like we did off, off air, it's just one of those things where, you know, you're not going to play some, like, Moali's only getting 20 minutes. None of those other guys are going to play 20 minutes, right? So, no, and that's, you the thing. know, Moali could be doing well against 25, which means Tola takes a little bit of a haircut. Agreed. 100%. So that's that's my concern there. So out of the options, if look, you can still take Tola in your round one squad. Don't rip it apart, but there are some other options out there. So I think we mentioned uh look Satili Tupania, who we've got to get to, but he's playing starting on the edge, playing his middle. Uh you can play Cotter for a bit more money if you've got a hundred grand that you can find. Uh look. At this point, there's even Jason Tamalolo with that Cohen Hess injury. Assuming we find anything else about that injury before Sunday, that's not like a two-week injury. Jason Tamalolo probably has more upside in him as well. Even uh, Tom Flagler's not a bad shout. Five thirteen k, just as a smoky. Yeah, well, look, certainly with the uh, with the injury that has now occurred to Tom um, Gilbert, there is yep. certainly an opportunity maybe, for um, that. Maybe Josh Curran as well, depending on how that shakes out. So we just think there'll be other options out there for Totola uh, around that price range, right? For sure. That, that there's certainly options out there. Uh, now, let's have a look at uh, some of the others, other guys. So uh, Richie Kenner and Gagai. So these are the options over at the Bunnies. But I sort of did a bit of a thing about the Bunnies back line. So three spots open in the Bunnies. So there's one for Jack Whitenet center. He will miss two games. He will be back around three. He will play on that left edge. Then we've got Tyrell Munro. Uh, so Tyrone Munro, who did his collarbone estimated eight weeks out, but that was two weeks before the start of the season. So really we've got an estimated probably six games that he will miss with that. And then we've got Campbell Graham, who's got estimated six months out. So at the moment, we've yep. got Kenna, Gagai, and Tass filling spots. So we're thinking, because Tass played in the first grade squad last year, he's a likely candidate for Graham's role. With And I'm thinking he can as likely for Whiten's role while competing with Gagai uh, for Munro's role. Now, the other issue, they're flying the ointment with picking up even a guy like Gagai, who might get six weeks at a basement cost, is that Isaac Thompson was denied a US visa. And because he was denied a US visa, that could be the reason why Jacob Gagai is playing on the wing. So he got the special dispensation to play. So for me, it's they're all too risky to potentially pick up. You can take yeah, they're a, all busts, right? You can take yeah, you can take a flyer on a guy like Kenner and hopefully kick kills it and kicks it out of the park. But have we have you ever seen anything from Richie Kenner that says that he's a killer? No. Okay. So I guess he's not even in the app. I can't find him. He's gone. He's not there. No, well, he's 29 years old, right? He's not locked down a start in the NRL. I'm not sure that he's he's going to be the guy. So Jacob Gagai is a little bit closer, but even then, he like he's, he's a better option, but I'm not sure that he's the right guy either. So, yeah. Stu, your, your, heart, your, your heart's broken as well, Stu. Uh, who's been completely left off here, off the list? Yeah, Talis Duncan, all the way at 18. I was hoping that he'd get that edge spot. I was really hoping for that, but uh, he didn't. So a little bit sad for me. Oh, I've just looked up Jacob Gago too. He's 28. So he's not a 22-year-old who's waiting for a start. He's a reserve yep. grade specialist by the look of it. But yes, on the other side, Talis Duncan is out, which means obviously if he's still in your squad, take him out. Yeah, oh, look, <laughs> I'm just hoping that they don't bring him in for like four games during the season. He kills it. And then next year is at 550K and you can't buy him. Oh, uh, brutal. It is. Next, we got to the other side of the ledger, Nick. 
can you tell me what's happening with the Rooster Squad? Yeah, mate. Uh, so just running one to 17 real quick. We've got uh, Teddy at fullback. We've got Dan Tupu and Joey Sawali on the wings. Billy Smith and Joey Manu in the centres. That's with Dom Young out at the moment. Luke Keery and Sam Walker in the halves. Spencer Lenier gets a start, um, and he's with Lindsay Collins at prop. Brandon Smith starting hooker on the edges. Juice, Sue Wong, Satili Tupanua, Victor Radley in the 13 jersey. Sandon Smith, number 14, as a utility. Nafau White and Butcher and Terrell May uh, are on the bench, and that's Nat Butcher, just to be clear, sorry. 18th man, that's a late guy, Pauga. Okay. Junior Pauga. Yep. And then we've got a – this is actually an awesome um, extended bench issue. Yeah. <laughs> Angus Crichton, Egan Butcher – and Connor Watson with Zach Docker Clay. So, um, you know, Angus has been left out. Sue Wong, they prefer. Tupanua, they prefer in the back row, which is surprising to many people. Um, Spence Lenny is obviously starting. Um, what, where's JWA? Is he suspended or something suspended. from last year? He's suspended from last year. This is the last game that he's suspended for. So, yep. But from what I was saying there, we don't have too much to worry about because he'll, he'll someone essentially white will move back to the bench. So to the yep. extended bench and JWH or Lenny will take that spot essentially. Yep. So, and uh, what are the Broncos looking like? Okay, Broncos. Reese Walsh at fullback, Jesse Arthurs and Dean Mariner, which is a bit of a surprise on the wing. Katoni Stags, Selwyn Cobo at centre. Halves at Ezra Mam and Adam Reynolds. We've got Billy Walters at hooker. Corey Jensen locks down the starting prop with Payne Haas on the edges. Brendan Peacour has overcome that PCL injury. The partner, Jordan Rickey. We have Pat Carrigan at 13. Then on the bench, we have Tyson Smoothie Fletcher Baker, who has returned from an injury. Kobe Hetherington and Xavier Willison rounding out the bench. 18th man is Corey Oates. Uh, Marty Tapal has been cut to, he's in the 21. So the big news from this one, let's let's get to the thing. Rooster squad, Nick, right? No Angus, no Egan Butcher, no Connor Watson. That is pretty huge because it leaves a few things open. Where do we want to start? Should we start with, um, let, let's start with Sia Wong and Tupania. What are we thinking? Uh, to be clear, we're not 100% sure, um, but they're both really well priced. So Sia Wong is 444K with the edge and a 32 break even. Tupanu is 421K, so a little cheaper, but he gets a DPP with a mid and is 31 break even. So very similarly priced. And Stu, their PVMs are about the same at about 0.61 and 0.62 respectively. Pretty standard for an um, H-back row, yep. Yeah, it's solid. Not 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 elite, but solid, you know. Um, so, look, we're not 100% sure on minutes because Nat Butch is lurking there on the bench. Um, we're not sure if he'll pinch some. Uh, I don't think anyone else really there can pinch any minutes off the edge. So let's just say low size, 65 minutes. They'll each be averaging around 40. So, you know, it's close to 10 points of value, absolutely minimum, and up to, you know, 15, 16 points of value because they get the full 80, mate. That's about a 48 to 50 average. And it could be that one gets 70, one gets 50. Like it's Wong being the most more likely to get 50. But either way, we're still looking at potential value for them both, right? It's worth taking a punt. There's absolutely no downside here. You know, they both have to be 50 um, for you to lose on both. So if you take both, I don't think you're really going to lose at all. There's no downside. And the other side is that just say one of them does end up with 50 minutes and the other one ends up with 70 or 75. I just say Wong couple of games at that point one eventually once uh josh schuster eventually gets fit or Jaden campbell rejoins us you can just sell out right yes sir 
Excellent. So they're both in my squad at the moment too. Now we also got to talk about one other guy that's a beneficiary of this. I wouldn't think that he was, but he is at Brandon Smith. So like with no Connor Watson, he got a clear runway to at least 60 minutes a game, possibly more because there's no one playing hooker in the squad. Like Sandon Smith, he can do a bit, but I can't see them playing him for more than 20 minutes there, right, Nick? Yeah, 100% agree. Especially with Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan rumbling around in the middle. I have him trying to defend at hooker. So Sanders Smith is skilled. He is skilled and um he, he is a pretty solid player. But yeah, he's, he's, skilled, he's not gonna be able not, to stand up to this pack. Yeah. No, it's just one I'm just saying about size, right? He's just not necessarily the largest fellow in the game. So looking up his stats now, he's 21 years old, 176 centimeters, 82 kilos. So yep. yeah, not having a great day of it there. But he, he will do very well in that utility role and he'll probably also spell Victor Radley. So it could be that we even see Victor go in there for a few minutes, Nick, just as a just as an option. Yeah, good shout. Yep. Play a yep. bit of utility there. So with that in mind, Brandon Smith back to him, 540k, 39 break even, DPP, hooker, middle. He's my current starting hooker. He plays round 13 and round 16, plays the minor buys of 17 and 20. And he's got up that pathway to near 10 points of value at his 0.9 PPM. And yes, their draw is tough, but hooker minutes, a little bit of kicking, a little bit of like duck and burrow try scoring. I reckon there's some value to be had there, Nick. Absolutely. Yep. He's a, he's one of the locks in my team. He's real one. Yeah. He's, he's the hooker in mine. <laughs> uh, the other guy is we got to talk about is we got, Brendan Piacura. So he's been in a lot of squads, but obviously that PCL injury had a few people worried, Nick, but he's back. Mate, it's the MCL injury. He, but, but yeah, he is, he is back. And, um, you know, in the, I don't know, it's a trial, but, you know, look pretty good, uh, getting fed good balls. So he should uh, go pretty well, right? Price at 29. That's it. Just just at that price there, we see that there's a clear pathway to about 100 grand's worth of value there for him. And there's not a huge amount of competition outside Willison, who is more like a middle than an edge. So, now, Mitch isn't here, but an MCL, I'm more worried about an MCL than a PCL, right? Yeah, I, I'm almost certain it was a PCL, mate. I'm on, I'm on the uh, Broncos website. It says Broncos Baccarat, Ben and Pudicura sustained an MCL strain and went scans, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so fair enough. So when they went off, they thought it was PCL. Okay, MCL. Yep. Look, I think I think low grade one, it's two to four yep. weeks. Low it's grade. been two and yep. a half. So he should be all right. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, but look, you know, Mitch mm. can come out otherwise, but they wouldn't have picked him, right? They would have, no. they would have put someone else in there. You're not no. going to take him across to Vegas to watch him get trounced. So he must have pulled up pretty well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he'll be sweet. He'll be sweet. Okay, now let's talk about the big dog over at the Broncos, Payne Haas, 880k, 64 break even. Nick, is there some value in having him as your round one captain or vice captain? Mate, the big dog. <laughs> Payne Haas, he's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's a something. <laughs> 880k, 64 break even. Guys, he averages 70 in 67 minutes for rounds one to five from 2019 to 2023. So 70 average sounds pretty good to me. And this bench, mate, should lend him to 65 minutes or so. So I think he's an absolute rocket boom for round one. I will not be getting him, but I am totally aboard the Haas train otherwise. 
that's it. I'm thinking about getting him because Hopgood, he's a guy who I also really want, but he's just possibly hard to predict just because he's in that second team as Tuesday. You don't know the reason why they didn't play Ryan Madison at all last week. So until we know why, Hopgood just is a little bit scary for me. Yep. So if you want that elite middle, and, and same with Cam Murray, there's there's a little bit of concern there, and he's got that extra bribers Haas, you know that he will play rounds 1 to 12 straight. So I... Oh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Haas's um, buy draw, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, fantastic value, round one, I think. Excellent. So, look, he can be your captain, the vice captain. It's really personal choice and team composition, whether you get Payne Haas round one. So he's been in and out of my squad, He's but he's a great, he's probably the number one uh, captaincy choice for choosing a player who is playing in Las Vegas, and same for vice captaincy. No, nah, mate, go turbo. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go turbo. Mate, that's... That's some big brain play there. Um, awesome. Look, let's talk about a couple of the busts. So Nat Butcher, unfortunately, is a bust because he's playing off the bench at least for this week. It could be just to strengthen up that middle or it could be that they're transitioning him to the middle slot because they do have too many edges over at the Roosters and this could be their way of fixing it, which is moving, like transitioning Nat Butcher over towards a prop or at least that sort of like Jai Arrow style hybrid pl- player, right, Nick? Yeah, I see the um, I see the Roosters in... A huge amount of flux with, you know, uh, at least three of their huge names in Suwali'i and Crichton and JWH on the way out. And Manu, sorry, four four names on the way out this year. So, um, you know, there's lots of change and um, this is obviously part of it, as you're saying, is um, trying to, you know, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Victor Radley, for example, as well, um, whether he might get, get moved on. Um, yeah, well, I'll, they'll certainly be uh, looking around the market at the moment and trying to work out what to do with their money next year, right? Yeah, it, it's it's just a team of huge flux, and I was really high on them in the preseason, and I'm just really worried about them now, to be honest. Um, it's just too much change. Um, too much change next yeah. year. It's whether they do one last ride this year, essentially. Yeah, it's a last dance. It feels, sort of feels like, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And that just makes me nervous. Uh, in you know, sort of looking at any of these roosters, you know, like if if Wong, you know, has a couple of bad games and obviously just slot Crichton back in, right? Um, it just it. makes me a bit, bit nervous. But anyway, anyway, yeah, Nat Butcher's a bust, uh, and it looks like he's not going to be an edge player at least for the first six rounds or so until you know one of those guys loses their job, I suppose, or gets busted. Excellent. And last guy we've got to talk about, Dean Mariner. So 450K, 33 bake even. Do you reckon that he's going to get there, Nick? Or like, is he a buy round one? No, no. I mean, he's a jet, um, but in the he's played three first grade games. In the, in, in the game, he didn't score a double. He scored a 20. So um, he feels fairly trappy. I know center is a huge problem for a lot of people, but at 450K, I think you can get better value elsewhere. Um Sure. And I think I think you can have a better um even you know just throw the players at the wall and I think you get a better result than Mariner, You know what I mean? Like okay, um, here's a question. So 450k DPP versus Seb Chris 395 DPP, but doesn't play round one and has a buy round nine, so we miss two games. Who would you choose between the two, Nick? I don't love Seb Chris. Um, okay, we're saying so. flick through now. I'd look at Bronson Zeri to be honest at that price. Um, uh, Moses Sully's popular for some people. I mean, he's an option. I'm not saying I'd do it, but he's an option. Um, yeah, 
uh, it's 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 a um, douche or a turd sandwich, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, that's the issue with Centre. Why I'm thinking I'm trying to spend money, either like no money, like go like Burbo Patrick <laughs> and like uh, Strange if we get him and then go the other way around. But then I'm thinking about it. It's like, what happens if, you know, Kotrick gets cut, right? You know, we end up with like Albert Hoppawati on the wing and stuff. Oh, my God. For yeah. for, and it's weeks. So you don't, so you got no centers from the, or cover from the Raiders, right? You know what? You know what? Okay, hear me out. You know how, like, we're still looking at team lists and we're sort of like, oh, yeah, we'll just roll with Brandon Smith as the only hooker, right? Like, because you may not want any other hookers. And you say, whatever, I work it out. Why don't we just do that with Sinner? So we just roll with like Burbo and whoever, and then we just work it out on the fly, you know? That's true. The only issue you may need to sell a gun to go get another. It- uh, to go get another center if Berber goes. That's the hard part. Yeah. So, okay. well, because I think if Berber goes, think- it's to Schuster and they're not a like for like replacement. Yeah, I see. Okay, fair enough. Fair but enough. That, you're you're always a voice of reason between us two. <laughs> I just, I, I'm just thinking that like just for center, it's you just want just the tiniest bit of cover. That's all. Yeah. Whereas you can go Brandon Smith to a whole range of hookers, I suppose. That's it. You can trade it out. There's, there's options in there. You can get a Reed Marnie or someone else for only a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's pretty much the booms and busts from all of those different teams, Nick. So obviously we've got later games coming up. So, uh, but will we talk through those today or should, should we leave them to next week? No, mate. No, we'll, we'll leave them to next week. So uh, we'll be on the air tomorrow night as well, won't we? Yeah, that's it. We've got the questions podcast along with some of the guys from the NRL Fantasy Amateurs podcast. So we're doing, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. We're doing the collab with the guys. So I think we've got Belent joining us tomorrow night. Um, we should have Mitch, assuming that he can park himself away from whatever physio paperwork that he's got to do. So, and we'll <laughs> answer your questions as best as humanly possible. Also, if you're listening out there, I have just gotten through before this. The reason why it took me so long to get on air tonight was I was replying to all of the missed messages in our inbox, which there were many. There is still room left in some of the leagues, especially. So Nick's, I think, filled up a couple of leagues so far, but we'll probably have one more newbie league, Nick. That's it. But if you're listening at home, I have now replied to every single person in the inbox and given you guys a code. If any of them don't work, send it through straight away. We'll put you in the next available league. So with that in mind, yeah, guys. Feel, yeah, feel free to uh, send through your teams if you just want to have a chat and whatever. We'll be better That's at getting it. back to you. Nick, Nick promises Sunday. to actually look to get <laughs> his teams. No, me too. Uh, so look, guys, appreciate it. This is the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast preseason Teamless Tuesday signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom or Bust podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.